in your Bibles tonight, the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 10, 1 Samuel chapter number 10, the nation of Israel is asked for a king. Samuel says, you don't need a king. They didn't need a king. God had a theocracy. He had a plan that was better than theirs, but they complained and griped and moaned and wanted to be like everybody else, and God said, all right, I'll give you a king. I'll give you a king. And he goes about finding his king. The last time we were here in 1 Samuel chapter number 9, I don't know if you remembered or not, but uh, Saul's father's donkeys got out. And they went on a journey. And Saul finds and goes to find the donkeys. And by the providence of God, God leads him. And he meets Samuel. And Samuel knows that Saul is to be the next king of Israel. We come to chapter number 10 and God is going to prove to Saul through a series of events that he is in fact the next king, that he is in fact a faithful God. But we meet Saul at the conclusion of chapter number 10 in an unusual uh, posture and in an odd place. There's been a whole lot on the news this past week about Queen Elizabeth. Uh, how many of you have seen some of the coverage? Seventy years, the Queen of England. Now, I want you to imagine something with me. June the 2nd, 1953. All the pomp and circumstance that would be involved with the coronation of the Queen of England. And when it comes time for the trumpet to sound and the new queen to make her appearance... She's nowhere to be found. As a matter of fact, they can't find her at all. They have to ask God, where is she? And some God speaks up and says, well, she's hiding among a bunch of stuff. That doesn't seem just right, does it? But that's exactly where we find Saul on the day that he is made public. The day that he is set before the nation of Israel to be the king of Israel. He is hiding in a pile of clothes, most people believe, like in a closet. He's hiding. And today I want to preach this message. Don't hide from the will of God. Unfortunately, in the life of Saul, this is like step one of many steps in the wrong direction. Saul throughout his whole reign as the king of Israel, is moving away from the will of God, the person of God. Saul, as we see him in his end, full of envy and rage and jealousy, ruins his own life. But we see here in the infant stage, in the beginning of his life, and maybe we can see from God's word an opportunity in a way to prevent future trouble and tragedy in our own lives. I'm thinking about our young people. Don't be afraid of the will of God. Don't hide from the will of God. But this passage no doubt applies to all of us. There is no need to hide from the will of God. There's no reason to hide or shirk when God calls you to do something. Small or big or in between, there's no reason to hide from the will of God. There's no reason to fear what the byproduct of obeying God is. It's always right. 
Don't hide from the will of God. Let me read this chapter of Scripture to you. What a great story. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse number 1, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his, Saul's head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel. One carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery, and a tabret and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. And let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. And seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. Let me tell you, in summary, these first few verses. I believe we can follow along and pick up on the story. But just to give some clarity and some perspective. Samuel anoints Saul to be the next king of Israel. He anoints him with oil. And Samuel says, I want to tell you some things that I'm going to do and that's going to happen to you in the next little while that is going to prove to you that God is with you. And Samuel goes into some great detail. He says, he says when you leave me today, two men by Rachel's sepulcher are going to come up to you and they're going to let you know that the donkeys that you've been looking for are A-OK. It's kind of an interesting story. It's one of those things that a random two men at a random place give very specific detail. God says, I'm going to let you know that this is God. Samuel says God's going to prove himself. That's step one. Step two, he says, let me tell you something else is going to happen today. And I want to be very specific. He says, then you'll go forward and go to Tabor. And when you get to Tabor, three men will meet you there who are going up to Bethel. One's going to be carrying three kids, goats. One man will be carrying three kids. He says the other man will be carrying three loaves. The other man will be carrying a bottle of wine. He said, they're going to greet you. You're going to meet them. And they're going to give you two loaves of bread. Take it. Step three. Step three. Samuel says, after that, you'll come to the hill of God. And there will be a garrison of Philistines there. 
And it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. There's going to be a great company of prophets coming from the high place with a psaltery, a tabard, a pipe, a harp. And they shall prophesy. Not only that, Saul, they're going to prophesy and you are going to prophesy too. God's going to move on your heart and in your life and you are going to prophesy too. He says, I'm letting you know this. And God is sending these signs, verse number 7. Because God wants you to know that he's with you. He's with you. And so, here's what the Bible says in verse number 8. And it was so, that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Guess what happened? Everything that Samuel said would happen, happened. Why? Because God wanted Samuel to know that he was with him. And this was right. Verse 10. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets. The record gives us a record of this prophesying. He, he's going to give us a record of him prophesying the third event. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb. Is Saul also among the prophets? And when he had made an end of prophesying, he came to the high place. What happens there? This is fascinating. That he begins to prophesy like God said he would. And his, the people who knew him, they said, is that Saul? Now this is unusual. This is odd. Is Saul a prophet? It's so odd was it that Saul was prophesying and doing something spiritual among his peers that it became a proverb when they saw something that was strange, when they saw something that was hard to believe. This is the proverb in the society at that moment. The proverb is Saul also among the prophets. Is Saul a prophet? It was a proverb. It was like, this is so strange. It's like, is Saul a prophet? Do pigs fly? That kind of proverb. So the Bible continues and Saul meets up with his uncle. This is an odd encounter. When I read this, I can't help but think that Saul must have been a teenager. When you see how few words he uses to tell his experience, you'll agree with me. The Bible says in verse 15, And Saul's uncle said, he's a teenage boy, And Saul's uncle said, Tell me, I pray thee, what Samuel said unto you. And Saul said unto his uncle, He told us plainly that the asses were found. But of the matter of the kingdom wherefore, whereof Samuel spake, he told him not. The Bible continues, verse 17. And Samuel, the prophet, called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah, and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all kingdoms, and of, all, of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, who himself saved you out of all your adversities and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, 
The tribe of Benjamin was taken. So all of the nations of Israel before Samuel. I can't imagine what this venue looked like, but it was massive. All the nations came before them, and Samuel picks the nation of Benjamin. The Bible says in verse 21, when he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was taken. And out of the family of Matri and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken. And when they sought him, he could not be found. Now, Samuel specifically told Saul, Saul, all these things are going to happen to you. And in seven days, I want you to meet me. Because when we meet together, I'm going to make this thing public. And so Benjamin, the tribe, comes forward. Out of the tribe of Benjamin, the family. And Samuel, the prophet. I don't know exactly what the venue is like, but it's one of those awkward moments where Samuel says, Benjamin come forth, and this multitude of people moves toward him. And Samuel says, the family of Matzi, separate yourself. And everybody separates around, and there's this family. And out of that crowd of family, Samuel says, now Saul come forth. And nothing happens. Saul, Saul, Saul. And the Bible says, Saul, the son of Kish, was taken, and when they sought him, he could not be found. Verse 22, look at it. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen. There is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Then Samuel told the people the manner of the kingdom and wrote it in a book and laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all the people away, every man to his house. And Saul also went home to Gibeah. And there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. But the children of Belial said, How shall this man save us? And they despised him and brought him no presents. But he held his peace. Look at this verse with me. The Bible says, God speaking... Saul had hit himself so well that no one could find him but God. By the way, that's a reminder to us all. You can't hide from God. You can't reject God and not suffer the consequences. You can't hide from God. Why would you hide from God? That's the question. Why would you hide from the blessings of your Creator? Why would you rebel from an all-knowing God who wants what's best for you and knows what's best for you and has the ability to provide what's best. Why would you hide from God? You can't hide from God. There's a psalm, I love it, David writing. He mentions the wings of the morning. The wings of the morning. He's talking about sun rays and sunlight and the message of that psalm is that you can't hide from the wings of the morning. You can't hang, hide from God. There's no place that he's hidden. 
Yet Saul thought, surely somehow I can hide from God. Fooey, you can't. And God says, he hath hid himself among the stuff. The Cody Sturgill translation says, that big wuss is hiding in his mother's closet. Wimp, chicken, coward. Those things are a little bit funny, but the truth of the matter is, he was hiding from God's best. Folks, I want you to know something. You should never hide from the will of God. Don't hide from the will of God. Don't shirk the responsibility to be a faithful servant of the Lord. Do not disobey God in fear and cowardice. Do not hide from the will of God. Don't hide from being faithful to God. Don't forsake the privilege it is to obey Him and trust Him. When we look in the life of Saul, King Saul, a man that was head and shoulders above everybody else, a man of great ability, a man chosen by God. God had called him to do a great task. And here in the very beginning, where do we find him? Hiding like a coward from the will of God. Hiding. Hiding from what? Hiding in fear. Do you think it's foolish that Saul is hiding in fear from the will of God? I do. God does. Oh, what a picture he is of us so often. When we know what's right, we know what God has made clear, yet we will not do it because we're afraid that it might not work out we will not obey because we're fearful that it might become uncomfortable we will not obey because we're afraid that it might crimp what we want for ourselves how foolish it is for Sam for Saul to hide from the will of God and God says he hath hid himself among the stuff he's hiding and a pile of clothes, your new king. Folks, I want to preach this message very simply and briefly. Don't hide from the will of God. Don't do it. Don't hide from the will of God. Saul hid from the will of God in fear. And it was step one of many steps that led to great failure. Don't hide from the will of God. When we came to the beginning of this passage of scripture God is going to speak and work and move and do some things that are very intentional so that Saul knows that God is with him and these events show us some things I think will help us don't hide from the will of God number one because God will take care of your problems God will take care of your problems when we met Saul in the previous chapters what's Saul doing Dad's donkey's got out. Can you imagine? Now, I can understand. I have a little compassion on Saul because there's been a whole lot happened in the last few days. His dad's donkey's got out, and he went on a trip to find his donkeys. He didn't even know that Samuel was a prophet or a seer, but his buddy did. And so on their way, they find Samuel. And Samuel, God's working all the pieces together. He's looking for the donkeys. The problem was he was missing some donkeys. What's the first thing that God does? The first thing that God does to prove that he's with him, he lets Saul know 
I keep wanting to say Samuel instead of Saul. If I mess it up, just forgive me. He lets Saul know that he will take care of his problems. God will take care of your problems. Look what the Bible says in verse number 2. When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? What did God do? God took care of his problem. The donkeys are safe and sound. Let me tell you something. Often we're so afraid to do God's will, and the devil puts fear in our hearts. When we're so convicted to obey God, the devil puts fear in our hearts. If I obey God, there's no way that I can take care of my problems. But I want you to know something. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. God took care of his problems. God proves himself. Don't hide from him. God will take care of your problems. You know what? We look and we say, I, I, would, I would serve God, but I've got something else I want to do. Oh, that's such a great lie. I'll begin to be generous, but there's some things I need to do first. I'll begin to be faithful, but there's some things I want to do first. I'll begin to be obedient to the Lord, but there's some things I want to do first. I'll get saved. This is the worst one. I'll get saved, but there's some things I want to do first. Folks, I want you to know something. That's dangerous territory. Do not hide from the will of God. God will take care of your problems. You think, I can't be generous because of this. God will take care of your problems. I can't be faithful because of this. God will take care of your problems. And he'll do it in an unusual way. In this setting for Saul, the donkeys made it home, and God sent a messenger that he never met before to let him know that all is well. I just want you to know something. You don't have to hide from the will of God. God will take care of your problems. Number two, you don't have to hide from the will of God because God will take care of your needs. Look what the Bible says in verse 3. Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor, and there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread which thou shalt receive of their hands. What's God do? God first takes care of his problem. God second meets his needs. Folks, we think sometimes we hide from the will of God because we think if I do the will of God, my needs will not be met. I can testify to the contrary. Every time I've been willing to give something to God. God has always been faithful to meet my need. And he'll continue to do so. We don't give in order to get. Don't get that messed up. But I'll just have you know something. As if you are trusting the Lord and you do God's will, God will supply your needs. I remember as a teenager hearing a lot of poor-mouthing Christians talk about how bad it was and how poor they were serving God. And I thought, oh man, that's terrible. I will not be that kind of servant of the Lord because I can testify to the fact that God will faithfully take care of his people and God will meet your needs. And when you need two loaves of bread, he'll give it to you. He'll meet your needs. 
Do not accept the lie from the devil that if you serve God with your life, if you do his will with your life, if you seek to please God, that you will be a pauper. If you are a pauper and God chooses that for your life, you'll be a happy pauper. You'll be a blessed pauper. You'll be a satisfied pauper. But I'll just have you know something. You'll not be a pauper in the service of God. Because God will take care of you. You say, God's called me. God's asked me. God's spoken to me. Do it, do it, do it. Don't hide from the will of God. Because God will take care of your needs. Young people, you're surrendering to go to the mission field or to be a preacher. It's something that God's begin to stir in your hearts. Don't shirk or hide from that calling because you think somehow you won't be able to have what you want. It doesn't work that way. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God will give you the desires of your heart. God will bless you in ways you could ever imagine. Adults, don't ever let the devil tell you a lie. That if you do God's will, you'll not have what you need. That's one of the oldest lies in the book. The devil started telling that one to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he's never stopped. And it's still a lie. And I'll testify to you that God will meet your needs. See, you don't have to hide from the will of God because God will take care of you. You don't have to hide from the will of God because God will take care of your problems. He'll take care of your problems. He'll take care of your needs. And finally, number three, God will take care of your insufficiencies. God will take care of your insufficiencies. Now, of the three things that Samuel told Saul, this one's the one that terrified him the most. There's no doubt about it. There's one thing about Saul. He may have been really tall, but he wasn't very spiritual. Matter of fact, he'd grown up really close to the prophet Samuel, but he didn't even know him. He didn't even know the preacher. And so Samuel, the prophet, says to Saul, he says, Saul, I'm going to tell you something, what's going to happen. Verse 5, after that thou shalt come to the hill of God. Just the hill of God began to make Saul a little nervous. Where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Huh. He would have rather been with the Philistines than the prophets. But here's the prophets coming down from the high place with a psalter and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them. And they shall prophesy. And the Bible says in verse 6, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to help you to do something that you've never been able to do before. I'm going to help you. And so when Samuel's looking, is speaking to Saul, and Saul is looking at what God says he's going to do with him, there's nothing that makes him more nervous than the thoughts of having to do something spiritual like prophecy. And God says, hey, listen, I'm going to help you do something that's bigger than you. Something that is outside of your comfort zone. Something that you've never attempted before. I'm going to help you. I'm going to make you sufficient. 
And I'll tell you something, that's the work that God does. That's the work that God does. He makes you sufficient. He gives you the ability to do what He calls you to do. Whatever it is God's called you to do, you better obey it. When I talk about God's calling, don't imagine some foggy place in the future. God's calling is to obey Him today and obey Him tomorrow and obey Him the next day. And God will give you the ability to do what He's asked you to do. He is our sufficiency. God is our sufficiency. And you know what Saul learned? Saul learned even something as uncomfortable as prophesying. Became something he was able to do. Why? Because God will take care of your insufficiencies. Oh, how many times have folks offered up to God excuses why they can't do His will because they feel like they're not capable? Hey, the moment you feel like you're all capable to do God's will, it's the moment you'll fall flat on your face. I'll just tell you, I've preached hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of sermons. Literally thousands of sermons. And if I ever stepped in this pulpit and thought, man, I got this down pat, I'd quit. Because you can't preach without God's power. You can't be a real servant of the Lord and do God's will in your own strength. And so if you're facing a decision whether to obey God or not, whether to heed His calling or not, if you're tempted like Saul, when you've been told, Samuel says, all right, here's what's going to happen. You're going to meet the two guys that are going to tell you the donkey about the donkeys. You're going to meet the three guys that are going to give you two loaves of bread. You're going to, Saul, you're going to meet up with a host of prophets on the hill of God. And they're going to be prophesying, and you're going to prophesy too. And Saul, after those three things take to pass, take pass, take place, in seven days, I want you to go and meet me. Because I'm going to let the nation know that you're their next king. You know what Saul does? <laughs> Benjamin come forth. The family come forth. Saul, Saul, and he's hiding. He's hiding from the will of God. Don't be that person. I can tell you right now, as Saul wishes, he's an eternal soul. He's conscious somewhere. I can tell you right now, as Saul wishes that he'd started different. Saul wishes that he had taken the facts that God would meet his needs and God would be his sufficiency and God would provide his way. I can guarantee you today that Saul wishes, would to God, that I had not hid from the will of God. Folks, don't hide from the will of God. There's no need to because God will take care of your problems. God will take care of your needs. And God will take care of your insufficiencies. He would have done it for Saul. But instead Saul hid from the will of God. Oh I pray. That you'll just say yes. Lord yes. Go ahead and say yes to the Lord. And you know what you can do? 
When you say yes to the Lord, you don't have to live in fear that you're not going to have your needs met. You can say yes to the Lord now, and you can live with great anticipation and excitement to see just how God is going to do what he's called you to do. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So many times through the ministry that the Lord has given Ruth and I, we've come to moments of transition. It's good. It's sweet. And when we come to those moments of transition and the future is so uncertain, we can't help but think, how are we going to survive? How are we going to make it? How is this going to happen? How are we going to be able to accomplish this? How, Lord, these moments of transition, they're full of uncertainty. And over the course of the last 18 years, every time we've come to a problem like that, you know what we've decided to do? We've decided to say yes to the Lord and sit back and watch with anticipation and excitement to see just how he's going to meet the need. It's a sweet place to be. It's a place we all should be. It's a place I'm not with, not there all the time. I'm not bragging, I can tell you that. I'm just thankful. That we don't have to hide from the will of God because God is always going to take care of you. You can trust Him. Saul wishes he had. Guess what? We don't have to wish nothing. We can be thankful that we did because we heeded the Word of God on a Sunday night at the Joy Baptist Church. I pray you'll be thankful that you did. Just say yes to the will of God. Don't hide from the will of God.